Hello, and welcome to the Christ Church Cathedral Podcast. This is the sermon from our celebration of the Holy Eucharist from August 29, 2021, recorded live from the cathedral. We hope these words will speak to your heart and mind. Folks of Christ Church Cathedral, it is my privilege to preach for you today. Here from James Street North. Um, I was reflecting uh, as I walked over here this morning about this place, um, about this street. It's in fact the very first street and building I stepped onto and into. Uh, when I first came to Hamilton. My friend and I were in our undergrad in the fall, uh, first year of our undergrad, and we came down for an art crawl. And uh, we stepped through this building, and you welcomed us. And uh, that friend later on uh, became my wife, and we lived down uh, just off this street. So this place and this neighborhood is very important to us. And so it feels very good to be here. I will admit it feels a little strange also to be in your space and, and for you to be scattered abroad. We are indeed a church at this time scattered, uh, but I've had peace about that in the last months and trust that the Lord in his good time will reveal the why and the purpose, the redemptive purpose for which we've been scattered. Our first appointed reading uh, this morning comes to us in the form of a letter uh, from a man named James. And James, if you've never been a part of the church or this is new for you, James um, wrote a small letter as, from a pa- as, a, as a pastor in the early church in Jerusalem. And uh, our tradition even holds him to be the brother of Jesus. And so he wrote a small letter to his dispersed community, urging them to receive the gospel to live it out with impartiality, especially among the poor. He urged them to tend the heart and guard the tongue, to suffer well, and to expect God's loving intervention in the world and in their lives. It's a very good letter. And his words are fit for today. You could find them at the end of your Bible if you would like to reflect on them later on this afternoon. As I said, James writes to a scattered community, and so it is in his spirit that I, Rob, a servant of God and of the Lord Christ Jesus, greet you, the scattered of the cathedral. Peace. I'll tell you what, it's been an odd time uh, to join the Anglican communion here in Hamilton. There are but a handful of you who I've met, and those of you I've met uh, and been fortunate enough to meet I've only met virtually, Um, you know, your names uh, and your faces are collected by me, but our our meetings have yet to be in the flesh, most of them, most of us, and I, with the Apostle Paul, long for that meeting. Um, Paul so often longs to meet his family and his community in the flesh, and that will be a good day when when we get to do that. As this is my first sermon with you, I hope to preach from well-tended ground within my heart. That is to say, I hope to speak of convictions that are, as some of my loved ones would kindly say, convictions that are most classically raw. 
their thoughts and images and motifs and metaphors that have been growing within me for the past, say, five or six years. They are reflections uh, that are well ripened within me, I would say, and their place is well known to me and their fruit is well gathered. And so in the coming months, you're, you're likely gonna receive from me similar, similar reflections in times of teaching and of conversation and at times of common work together. I'm gonna feed you much of the same thing and it might just be baked up into a different sort of pastry, if you will, a tart, a pie, a crumble, but the same recognizable sweetness inside. Images, metaphors, and thoughts to feed you on. I know they've fed me. And believe me and ask those who know me when you get the chance, I will shamelessly return to the same reflection if I know the picking is good, if I know the fruit is sweet. And so, that I, so I pray that our time together is rich, not only in this short offering, but also in our time to come. As some of you know, uh, one of the places I spend a great deal of my life, uh, the days of my life, uh, are on Barton Street East at 541 Eatery and Exchange. At this restaurant, my, I, myself and my co-workers and a faithful collective of volunteers have had the honor of serving the communities up and down Barton. And as I like to say, 541 is a non-for-profit restaurant that guards keeps or holds a space in which hospitality can be freely expressed, freely given, freely received. And so hospitality, if we allow our imagination to be shaped by New Testament word, is an action or disposition concerned with the love or welcome of the stranger, the other, uh, or the different. It is a verb that invites conflict through the door in order to sit it at table. It is a virtue that de-escalates anger so that sympathetic encounter may occur. In fact, hospitality, according to the Apostle Paul, is one of the few named dispositions that signals a bishop. A bishop, if you don't know, is a person who is called out to order and have oversight over the whole church in the spirit of the apostles. For Paul, pastoral leadership at the very top is hospitable in nature. He says a bishop needs to be beyond reproach, once married, sober, sensible, respectable, hospitable, and a good and skilled teacher. And that's from his letter, the letter to Timothy in the second chapter. I love hospitality. I love the disposition and I love the action. And it's sweet. And be assured, you folks are gonna get a lot of hospitality pie before this year's up. Forget the crumbs, you're gonna be sliding whole slices of pie under the table and you're gonna be feeding the dogs just as our good savior did. Hospitality is a dance of faithfulness between two different people, two different communities, two different hearts. And this dance is about the condition of the heart and its ability to receive the other. Hospitality, like many good things that concern our faith, is about the heart. And the heart, I believe, is at the center of our readings today. 
You can find the heart in the poetry of the Song of Songs. You can hear the heart in Mark's gospel. You can hear it in the pastoral concern of James, as we heard in the first reading. And you can hear it in Solomon's wedding ceremony that we, that we hear of in Psalm 45, which we sung pieces of this morning. So with our attention set on the heart, let's read ourselves into the gospel reading, shall we? I would say that we, much like the religious leaders of Jesus' day, are often hard-hearted, receptive, and unwelcoming. So heavy words, actually. Never. It's amazing sometimes you write these things up and you're like, wow, that, that, that hits hard. We're this way for one another, but we're also this way when it comes to Christ and the living God. I'd say this is what happens today in the gospel readings. In, in the gospel reading, some of the Pharisees from Jerusalem, a little too concerned maybe with their forebears' traditions, have made themselves guarded against an encounter with Jesus and his disciples. And so I wonder if we paint ourselves into the lines of this text, especially when it comes to uh, how we interact with our scriptures, I wonder what sort of traditions and perspectives and angles we, like the Pharisees, have learned to control our scriptures and insulate ourselves from the voice of the one who speaks through them, that is the living God. So what results from uh, our techniques and the techniques of the Pharisees is a control and that control creates a distance. It creates a distance between God and the human heart and it is in that distance that incongruence double-speak, hypocrisy, and vapid, empty, meaningless religion thrives. And though we may say otherwise, and we long to convince people otherwise, as the Pharisees did, the heart tends toward control. And it does so to shield itself from encountering and being encountered by the living God. And Jesus speaks to the heart of this problem by quoting a prophet from the Old Testament or from the Hebrew Scriptures. He says, Isaiah, Isaiah prophesied well about you hypocrites, you mask-wearing actors. As it stands written, this people, they honor me with their lips, but their heart has gone far off from me. See, what you say about your heart can be disastrously incongruent with reality to the point that the Word of God, the Scripture, and the Word of God embodied in the person of Christ may pass us by unrecognized, unwelcomed, and unloved. The person of Christ, here's another sweet reflection, and indeed for me, maybe the sweetest of them all, and this is it, that for the church, myself, we have this dogged belief that Christ is alive and seated at the right hand of the living God. And so Christ, our Lord Jesus, is not within us as an idea to think about, not a good philosophy for us to teach, not even a moral compass for us to guide our lives and the life of the world. But he is with outside, is outside us, outside of me. And because of that, 
is able to offer hospitality. Though we may not recognize him and pass him by, he will certainly recognize us and be able to extend faith when we couldn't. Christ comes to us in an encounter and welcomes the strangeness that is in us, that is in you, that is in me. The Lord is going to come to me one day and he's going to speak right into my heart. And I hope in that day I'll be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. For if in that day the difference of Christ that encounters me, if that encounter is conflict to me, and if it's in conflict to you, and that conflict leads us to anger, I assure you that anger will fail to bring about the righteousness that is Jesus, that Jesus would welcome us into, that Jesus would love us into. One day the Lord's going to say to me, Rob, you had, some, you had some good things to say about me. Better than those words, though, you, you did some incredible things. But I have to tell you, my child, you had some misguided, you had some downright offensive and insignificant things to say about who I am and what I'm here to do. But I welcome you. Come in. I love you and I've made room for you. All of this, my hands and what I do for you, my lips and what I say about you, all of it is a perfect and whole and complete reflection of my heart. In my heart there is no incongruence, there's no doublespeak, no hypocrisy. This is my heart, and if you would but clear off the ground of your heart, well, you could receive a true word, and that true implanted word would not only save your life, but it would make you a sort of first fruits of my creation. It would set your heart to the seasons of fidelity, and you'd bear much fruit, and so much seed. Folks of this, of this cathedral, sisters and brothers, the letter of James is an important word for us today. Like this early pastor, I would urge you to set your heart on the rhythms of faith. Know the seasons of faith. I'd ask you to set, to first clear the ground of your heart and receive with meekness the implanted word. And with him, I would be bold in telling you that a life of Christian fidelity is best lived out. And so be doers of the word, and not only hearers who are led astray. Share your bread with the hungry and bring the unhoused into your homes. When you see the naked, cover them, and don't hide yourself from your own flesh. Don't hide yourself from your neighborhood, your communities, and your city. Welcome the orphan, for that is how the Father first welcomed you. And love the widow, for that is how Christ first loved you. And once your hands have completed all this good work, when you are with Christ in faith, rubbing shoulders with the world, yet cleaner and clearer than you've ever been, well then, my friends, let your tongues loose. Let your words 
may have their time to give thanks. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Christ's Church Cathedral. Our original theme and audio engineering are done by Eduardo Farias. For more information, go to cathedralhamilton.ca. We hope you would join us again soon. Have a blessed day.